Hey there. Oh, man. I'm trying to contain my excitement. Um, some news to share with you in just a second. Before I do, we are in a new series on the podcast. We're going to stay in it for a bit. I'll probably break it up with some episodes here and there that I'm just dying to share with you. But for now, the series that we're in is an interview style series with people that I've had the privilege of working with. And you're going to learn from them and their stories about what it means for them to live out a secure identity. And that will no doubt spill over into your life. So I look forward to you meeting these people. We also get to talk a little bit about the newest book, thestuckbook.com. So uh, what a fun way for these cool people to say yes and give of their time and energy to do these. Now, the thing that I'm really excited to tell you about before we get into this interview is that we've uh, publicly launched thesightshiftacademy.com, thesightshiftacademy.com. And what the Sightshift Academy is, it's a leadership academy, an online leadership academy. We launched it with six courses. So yeah, I am, uh, I've been a little busy lately. We poured a ton into this, whether you're beginner, intermediate, or advanced in managing yourself and others, in leading yourself and others, because those are, uh, you know, those are different. Uh, maybe you're beginner, intermediate, or advanced in your self-development and awareness and growing yourself as a human being, wherever you're at, will move you further in this academy. So you got to go check out the page, see how robust it is, see all that's going on there. Um, There's a ton. And that's where I'm really diving into now, developing content for that and then serving organizations that we've launched it to as they uh, let their teams and employees go through it. So look forward to hearing what you think about that, thesightshiftacademy.com. For now, let's jump into this interview and uh, look forward to hearing from you what you learned from it. Uh, Thanks for being here at the podcast. Peace. Hey, everybody. (laughs) Welcome. So glad you're here for this uh, podcast episode. Of course, we've got a different series going on. I'm introducing you to some people that uh, I've been able to work with that I find interesting that I think have approaches, things to say, who they are that adds just value to you as a listener. So I want you guys to uh, uh, looking forward to you meeting today's guest, my friend, Kevin McIntyre. Kevin, thanks for being on the show. So glad you're here. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Dude, I I feel like, you know, everybody is their own unique person and they offer so many different strengths and, and, and I don't gloss over experiences, but there are so many moments that are in my mind of conversations you and I have had that are just kind of like frozen there because there's such a deep, uh, empathic expression of being human and oftentimes even expressed in a way that's that's whether visual or artistic um, to help give uh, an experience to those emotions. So, dude, so excited for how people are going to hear your story and what you're about and what you do. And you know at SightShift it's all about uh, hiding from your mission or proving to the world how awesome you are. So, no. Uh, instead, the opposite. You're like, what are you talking about? Uh, identity first. Tell us something you like about being you. Oh, man. That's a big question. Um, well, one thing that I'll, I'll start with one thing I don't like about being me. Um, and then we'll flip it around for you. One thing I don't like is I have the world's worst memory. Mm-hmm. Um which makes it actually like always intimidating to do things like interviews or anything like that because I'm I'm the guy who constantly is in conversation and people are like yeah you told me that already or remember this time when we did this and I'll just have a blank stare and try and shake my head so I just have the world's worst memory and I've got to learn how to how to do better at that but I think one thing about me that um, you were kind of speaking to that I do take pride in is that. I, I do want to be um, present with people and for people. So that's something I try and make time for in my life is if someone needs uh, a friend to be around, I want to be there for them. And then when I'm there, you know, I'm, I'm focused on them. I'm trying not to be on my Snapchat too often when I'm with my friends. Right on. Do you, do you Snapchat a lot? Uh, mostly we got a new kitten for Christmas. My daughter got a kitten. Her name is Star Lava Attacker. <laughs> and so my Snapchat feed is mostly the cat destroying our house or cuddling with the dog. Nice. That's funny. Um, you know, just observationally, so this is part of my curiosity, I know a lot of people that were like, oh, Snapchat's the new thing. This was a couple years ago. 
uh, and we're dropping Instagram as much, have kind of like gone back to Instagram as they've brought on new features that were similar to. So I've seen Instagram kind of like regain and grow a foothold as far as like if I said the people that I know what they use the most. Yeah, for me, I've once I migrated to Snapchat, I kind of stayed there. Um, and what I like, what I use social media mostly for is actually mostly one-to-one interactions with people who I love that aren't nearby. Nice. So a lot of the time I'm snapping, I'm really not a big story person and I don't use Instagram stories. I don't, I have two Instagram accounts. I barely post on either. Um, maybe I'm just, I don't, I'm, I'm scared that I'm not going to be interesting to people, but what I do love about all the channels is it allows me to connect to the people that I want to connect with. So the people who, as you would say, that I'm inviting to my party in life, um, I can use Snapchat to kind of give them a glimpse of what my day is like or, or what I'm doing. And we can communicate that way. So that's kind of how I use almost all the different platforms is more of a one-to-one interaction. And, and that's, I get it. That fits your wiring personality. I love that. So then you get to show them your lava cake farter cat videos. Wait, what did yeah. you say the name was? That's what stuck Star, in my head. No, Star Lava Attacker. <laughs> Both of those are great names. I think it's so cool that you let your daughter name it with such creativity. That's beautiful. Um, yeah. Unless that was your name. No. Yeah. Uh, that's awesome. Well, tell us a little bit about, like, for you, what's the capital M mission? Uh, what, what are you wanting to do and accomplish? What, what would you like to people to say, like, this is what Kevin gets done, uh, or maybe even lowercase M missions, like things that you do, roles you fulfill. Sure. I mean, I think, um, the capital M mission is always kind of evolving and changing for me as I kind of grow and learn new uh, skills or attributes of myself. But I guess the big thing I, I hope to accomplish um, is, is just to create things that have meaning. Um, I know that sounds very nebulous, so I'll put a little more specificity to it to create either video photography or, uh, works of writing, um, that have theme, mm-hmm. um, and, you know, ideally I want to wrestle with specific themes that are relevant to my life in order to, to share those with people who might wrestle with the same themes. So that way, you know, it's a way of using art to connect, um, to connect people on a different level. I guess that's kind of the, the big M mission, uh, at its highest level. And so for me, what I hope that will look like is as I get more experience and as I get stronger skills, um, is it being able to channel some of the, um, maybe the theological things I wrestle with into video format, into writing, into fiction works, um, and be able to kind of occupy a space in our culture that I think is under discussed. Um, and so some of the small M, right. The, what I, the rules I fulfilled day to day, um, I run a video production company. It's called let's go forward. And well, it's called forward video. Um, but the website's let's go forward and forward is FWD. And I do uh, a lot of commercial and corporate video. So it doesn't always tie into the big M, but a couple times a year, I'll get some free time and I'll get to dabble in an art form. I like to call video poetry with some of my friends from grad school, and we can create some artistic work doing that. Um, so that's the big uh, job that I have. I also um, adjunct um, starting at Urbana University here in the spring. Um, and I've adjuncted other places before, and I hope to continue to develop my higher education career. Yeah, I know that that's a passion for you. And, and who knows? People could be listening to this going, wow, as they get through this interview, I need to reach out and see what Kevin's doing if he wants to do more. But for you, the passion is to grow that part of the contribution. You want to really get more in the classroom and, and really impacting students. Absolutely. I, um, I mean, I see higher education for me is not just something that I've always, you know, um, been a part of. I used to work at a university in marketing. I've adjuncted at a couple of schools. Um, but I just enjoy the interaction with students and, um, I have a very strong applied arts background. And so that's kind of the area that I try and, and, and teach, you know, video production, media design, that sort of stuff. But I, I think there's a lack, a little bit of a lack of, um, in higher education of the, uh, theories 
and there's a little bit of a focus on the skills um, these days. And and I understand why people need jobs, and so they need practical skills when they get out of college um, to enter the job market. But I hope that in my courses, the students not only get to know the skills that we're being assigned in our syllabus to tackle, but they also get the theories behind the skills. So that way, as software changes in the future or technology changes, they're not stuck. They know how to figure out because they become creative problem solvers or lifelong learners. And so that's really what I I hope um, to do in the classroom is create lifelong learners. Oh, man, I love it. I mean, that's the kind of person you want to be. And that's who you are. It's who I continue to experience you to be. Even some of the stuff we we're chatting on before we hit record, it's like you're working things out. You're you're looking at it going, okay, I'm not going to stay in this place. I want to unpack this, um, which what I'd love to do now is hear about from you, whether this is personal life, business, wherever you want to go with it, where do you feel like right now like you're winning? Like this is clicking. I'm, um, I'm doing it. So for me, since I, since I own my own company, um, doing video production, personal. I've, I've thought about this in in terms of, um, you know, in if people haven't read the Stuck book, one of the concepts is um, you can compartmentalize um, your seasons into relations, into business, into personal. And for me, because my business is part, uh, I, I own it. It's mostly just me and a couple of contractors. It's hard for me to separate business and personal. So I kind of, I was thinking about that a lot lately. And those two concepts to me are very tightly connected. When personally I'm stuck, my business is stuck. Mm. When my business is good, personally I'm usually good. Mm. So um, to answer your question about winning is um, this winter, like one of my favorite times of year is the holiday season from a business standpoint because they get a little bit of a break. Mm. Um, as a lot of my clients are higher ed, they shut down between Christmas and New Year's. Um, and in general, not a lot of business, you know, has a couple days off. And so I like to spend that time and create a little holiday gift for my clients just to show them how much their partnership means to me. I'm one of those people that I really value those relationships. And I felt like this year's holiday promo, um, was super out there. No one got it. No one connected mm-hmm. the dots of what I was trying to do with it, but I kind of love that. You know, it's, um, we made a video poem. Um, then I had a, a t-shirt designer design a t-shirt to connect to the poem. And then I put, printed up the poem, printed up the t-shirt, put them in tubes and mailed them to my clients and didn't tell them what they were getting. They just got a random t-shirt and a random poem and inside the t-shirt was a hidden URL and hopefully they went to it. Um, most did not, most did not find the URL. So they're like, why is Kevin sending me a shirt? I think that's winning. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think that most people are going to be like, that's bad marketing. Sure. But I love it. I think it's fun to try and try and think outside the box a little bit and just go for something and whether or not people get what you're doing or not, it's still fun to try. Um, and so that, that was a big success. And I love doing it around the holiday season because it's a time to reflect about the year and the impact that my partnerships have had on my business, on my life. So it's just my favorite. It's my favorite thing I do every year with the business, I think. Oh yeah, man. I, I mean, and I think there's, there's something I try to talk about with business owners, make, teach, sell. Like you've got to have these three components in your life. You've got to have, uh, and, and you know, some people in their work, they're trying to sell something. Well, you've got to teach what you're selling. So it's context is connected with there's, there's a correct positioning that's happening. You could be doing selling all day and not having a lot of success because you're not teaching. Um, but, but you still feel unfulfilled because you're not making, right? And so you got to right. go home and go to the garage and, like, do the woodwork or, uh, you know, um, I think of Seth Godin. You know, he does the coffee beans and the homemade vodka or whatever. Um, and and, and if, you're, if you're making and teaching and not selling, you're, you're poor. If you're selling and teaching and not making, you become, um, like, a bad version of yourself, that craftsmanship right. isn't there. You lose touch with the soul of the work. And so you start making these shortcuts, uh, that are just really sad. And, and if you're in a place that you're making something and selling, but not teaching it, you do lack some meaning because it feels so good to actually help people with real solutions that change their lives. And so I, I've gone on too much about that, but I look at people when I, when they come in for help and I'm trying to like 
break down some stuff and do they have these components? And what I hear from you, obviously you're selling, you have your own business, you're teaching people as you sell what they need and you're delivering the creative part, which is, which is so much teaching, but you're doing that for you. You're making it and you're putting that out there and that's awesome. And, and, you know, uh, I remember when we put two books out on the same day, the one of them being the writer, uh, people were like, this is book is weird. It's hard to read. Um, I still have people tell me like they'll start reading it. And it's like, it took me a while to like shift into the mode of it. And I'm like, I get it. I made that because I wanted to, <laughs> there was no like great business plan. And it's going to support this end and this is going to accomplish this. It was like, I'll be sad if I don't make it. You have to get it out. Exactly. I'll be sad if I don't make this, I got to do it. So that was really, uh, yeah. Hopefully for people that are listening to this going, all right, where am I needing to embrace this? It doesn't mean I have to bank my whole ability to exist and eat and have shelter on it, but I got to do it. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's interesting because even though like just today I got an email from a client, even though they might not get what I'm doing with this gift, they might be like, all right, Kevin's up to something weird again. They still follow up and say, thank you, you know? Yeah. And, and so they, they still appreciate that there's an effort and an energy and they know that they're cared about. And then they let me know that they care about me. And that's exactly what, what you want at the end of the day is just to that mutual respect between you and your clients. Yes, yes, yes. Man, that's awesome. Well, tell me what's something right now that you would say, I'm really reaching for this. I'm inspired to go after this. Um, ooh, tough question. I guess um, one of the things that I've been um, going after is a full-time faculty position um, in specifically media arts. Um, and the... There's been some good leads and there's been some setbacks. Um, it's been something that I've been kind of going after for a little over a year now, a year and a half, um, and had some good opportunities. Nothing came came of them, but I'm I'm still at the plate swinging. Um, got a couple of more hopeful um, applications out there, and starting to formulate a strategy for okay, when if what is going to be the way to to beef up my resume to make that a possibility by say, you know, the next five years. Yeah. Um, so for me, you know, like that might be, uh, produce a documentary, um, or write a book or, or have something published. So starting to, in, in, at the same time, continue to adjunct and build, um, more in classroom experience. So I'm, I'm starting to strategize, um, a little more intentionally for that outcome, um, but is this something that I'm, I'm reaching after and, and going for? Um, yeah, I right don't, I love it. And, and we were chatting just a minute before we hit record on this. And I was inspired by the way that you're like, like, this is what I want. This is what I'm going after. And, and, you know, so many people trick themselves about what they want, right? Because of the fear in their identity, they're following this false story and they're like, well, I should want this or I should not want this. And they're not honest. And you're like, no, this is what I want. This is what I want to go after. So it's like step one, figure out what you really want. Step two, then devise the plan to go after it. And then three, take the courage to actually work that plan. And, uh, yeah. and man, just celebrating that, admiring that. I mean, because a lot of people, when they get to where you are, uh, they have a, a child, they have a cake farting cat. I don't know why that sticks in my brain still. <laughs> uh, they they start to make these trade-offs and these compromises and go, well, I have to do this, so it means I can't have this. And that's just not the case. So what you're doing is saying, this is what I want. This is what I go after. I'd yeah, and I, well, the, the flip side of the coin is I'm the kind of person that I might be going after. There might be too many carrots in front of my face, right? So there's, there's the education aspect. There's the, you know, the, the video business I'm going after, you know, a specific, um, skill set there, um, trying to write more. So it's like, I, I, I'm potentially needing to, uh, to streamline the things I'm going after. Um, but you know, hopefully the way I see it is they can all, um, work together to balance each other. For example, um, in, in video, um, I'm trying to elevate, from 
you know, doing all kinds of different types of video, like HR training videos, Instagram videos, to being more directing um, and producing higher level spots um, or, you know, commercials, um, basically. And so in order to do that, I have to create space because um, you're not going to, you know, the amount of attention to detail to plan a shot for a commercial is just so much more, so much greater than some of the other types of videos that I produce. Um, and, and the way that that balances with, say, higher education is it will force me to work less but more intentionally. Um, and so my brain won't be filled with running around doing live Facebook videos or music videos for bands. Not that there's anything wrong with any of that stuff, but to get to the level of production I, I want to get to, I need to slow down. And sometimes you can get it involved so much creative work that your brain that you're not giving your brain the space to focus on the details to elevate your work to the level you want to get to, I think is the, the thing I'm learning. Um, yeah. The focus. Before this last, the, before this last TV shoot, you know, the, the night before the shoot, I spent three hours trying to build a dolly in my basement, dolly being a, a rail system to move the camera along. And, you know, if I had to work on some other video for Instagram that same night, I wouldn't have been able to think about, okay, how does the camera connect to this rail? How how long does it need to be? How am I going to keep it stable? Ultimately, I failed. The dolly was terrible. The guys on the crew made fun of me the next day for it. But the point I'm trying to make is, is to get to the level of production I want to get to, you your brain needs to be focused at a different level than where I'm at currently. So I need strategies in place to free up my brain to get to where I want to go. Yeah. What a non-sexy, life-changing sentence. (laughs) Right? Yeah. I mean, it's like this is why people don't do it because it doesn't sound like, oh. But uh, when you are, when you're frantically like trying it all, you don't have the energy to focus in and, and move the needle on the biggest thing. And, yes. uh, yeah, dude. And, and it's, it's, it's hard and it can be, you know, I, yeah, every day I struggle with, um, what routines am I going to put in place? But then I have to think about, well, what goals, you know, you have to pr- start prioritizing your goals and, and yeah, and potentially I have too many and I just need to start cutting some. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I, to give some listeners context, and I doubt many would even remember this, but because the the way site shift has kind of morphed to what it is now and, and where we're headed, but, uh, you, you know, I'm thinking of the video that you did for site shift like five years ago. Okay. You were already delivering at such a high level. Um, it was like this amazing video, world class. It stood out. People commented on it like crazy. And, uh, you know... So you you keep wanting to grow, you keep wanting to get better, and um, you know there's so many people that are just content to coast, and so a lot of times what I'm trying to articulate is we're not going to drown, we're not going to coast. We want to get in that sweet spot, edge of our abilities, growing. Um, yep. You've just articulated that place, and so hopefully people listening are inspired and they're like, yeah, I'm going to take that next step. I want to stretch myself. Um, well, it's an interesting point you make, and the, the hard part I think for people like me, creatives like me, is. And and I don't know that I fully understand it until, like, it's starting to formulate this thought now. But the idea that you want to be continually growing, but it's you. The tendency is to continually compare and to continually you look at work and you're like, why am I not there? Yeah. And 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 so it, it's being able to be positive about it, knowing that. You know, you're going to take the next step, and then a year from now, you'll take another step, and maybe in two years, you'll take a step back because of circumstance or, or whatever, but you're going to continually move forward. It's so easy to get hard on yourself and to just look at, you know, your creative work, if you're a videographer like me or a graphic designer or whatever, to look at it and be like, I'm not as good as I want to be, uh, and to just hope to be better. It's really... Um, and to compare and, and to, like you want to get better, but you don't want to get better. You don't want to do the work to get better. I don't know. Yeah. I'm real. No, I'm with you. And, and there is, there is, um, there is a relationship that I feel like a lot of people haven't come to yet 
this is the way I would word it, as you know, with, with SightShift, their identity is on the line with their work. So they're either, okay, this is going to be good enough, I'm not going to expose anymore, hiding, or they're trying so hard to show something that it, it's, yeah. it's, it's this proving. So what's it look like to understand there's my identity and there's my work? Let me separate who I am from my work. Well, people go, but yeah, but they're connected. Yeah, they're connected. There's an overflow. Your work flows out of who you are. So let's get that root dialed in. The fruit you know, becomes a representation that you go, I, am, I, I like this where it is. It'll be better if I did this work. You know, I think about even yeah. the, how we're here doing these interviews and just folks like you that are gracious enough to say, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll get on this podcast and, and, and talk about the stuck book some. You know, I, I was so proud. When that book was like, you know, ready, when I sent it off to get designed and put together, I'm like, this is the most proud I've ever been of a manuscript. Um, well, if I read it right now, I'm like, I should have said that that way. I should have done this. Yeah. Saturday, I did some research for like upcoming speaking stuff that I'm really jazzed about. And some of those thoughts are going to be what the next book is about. And so I'm working on that. Well, I really had some clarity on an issue that I've been trying to wrestle with and figure out regarding identity. And so I, I, I type these thoughts up and I'm like, I have this big thing coming out in a few weeks that's going to be like the most current iteration of my thoughts on all this. And so... And it's already been recorded and all that stuff. And I'm like, dang it, this should be in there, right? Yeah. The minute it comes out, it's it's obsolete in a sense. Um, but I've had to have friends around me telling me, no, Chris, this is really good. It's never going to be all you want it to be. Uh, this is going to – your next book is always your worst book, you know, because <laughs> you're like, I'm going to do it better. And, 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 and there's the insecure Chris that, like, it has to be perfect. And there's a the secure Chris that goes, hey, it's okay. I'm just overflowing. This is the best I've got to give you at this point, and I'll give you more later. Does uh, that when you connect were, with that? Oh, for sure. I mean, like, I definitely, every time I I edit a video, I mean, you know, it must have been Adam Lehman uh, must have told me something of, like, um, don't let, what is it, don't let good get in the way of perfect. Yes. Um, because every time I, you know, every time I, I edit a video, um I look at it and I'm like, okay, well, I wish I would have had, you know, another couple hundred dollars of budget to rent this light or, you know, like I can't look at something and not think about how I could have done better. Same thing when I, you know, write, um, uh, a lesson for a class, like every time I give the, like, I can't, I can't show up to a class that I've already taught and give the same lesson. It will be better the second time I'll tweak it. I'll be like, Oh, this, this example didn't, illustrate the point well enough or this segment should go in front of this segment. So I'm constantly tweaking everything. Um, but that said, you can't let that paralyze you from putting stuff out to the world. You know, you have to, um, you can't just hold it, hold it in all the time. You can't hold in your writing, your books. You can't hold in the videos. You have to be willing to let them go in their imperfect form and then just kind of refine them. I was going to ask you, um, when you were talking about your new idea for your upcoming presentation, yeah, I just, this is just complete curiosity, but how do you handle like when ideas hit your brain? Cause I was thinking about this the other day, I'm working on the screenplay. I'm, I'm stuck with it. And I, I don't know if I should be outlining or writing and, and then ideas are hitting me and, and then they're, then I forget what they are and I go back to it the next day and it's gone. Like, so how, how do you handle that when you're like, you know, the, the, the random asteroid of an idea hits your brain, which, which seriously, I believe this. If you are at the edge of your abilities, living out your mission, asteroids hit my brain multiple times every day. Now it could be for how I coach. It could be up for an upcoming, uh, speaking thing. It could be for new speaking material. It could be for the next book. I mean, it could be for uh, a gift I want to get my kids. I mean, whatever that is. Asteroids are constantly hitting the brain. So I have buckets, right? And I just yeah. file it away in the bucket. I do not miss that opportunity. Like, uh, like you, you, you have buckets in your brain? Or oh, like yeah, it's a, yeah. So little buckets in, in the basement of your house that you <laughs> sticky notes in? That can do, yeah. I heard actually Chappelle say he has a fishbowl. He writes jokes on them and like tears off a piece of paper and throws it in there. Um, 
but so for me, it's digital buckets and, yeah. uh, you know, like if it's stuff with the business, it's got a bucket. If it's stuff with new content, it's got a bucket, new books. I've got buckets for that. If it's, uh, like new speaking stuff, I've got that. Um, so that when it comes down to execution, so Saturday I spent a number of hours putting together, uh, about 10 hours of teaching I've got coming up. Uh, with a, a group, a company that's heard like everything I have to offer. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. It's like, what's the so next you, frontier? Yeah, yeah. Um, and that and the truthfully, if like if that frontier isn't in me, I can't go do it because I'm not going to. Ha- I'm not. I don't want people to have a bad experience uh, with anything that I'm doing because I don't want to denigrate the the solid core of what SiteShift's about with identity. And so, you know, for me, it's like, oh, this opportunity's here. I already have a full bucket. I already have stuff that I've been saving uh, for yeah. a long time. It's a resource, yeah. Exactly. So then it's just going down and starting to organize it. Like, what are the themes? What are the patterns? Ooh, what if I got a giant dry erase board? I seriously had this thought and traced yeah. all the way back from Plato to how Marx and Foucault and Freud failed money, sex, power to offer and illustrate, you know. And then I'm just like, it's, it, it, this is going to sound weird, but it's like Sherlock Holmes, the PBS example <laughs> where he's like seeing everything. I, dude, that's what it feels like. It's like yeah. I'm drawing on everything and I'm remembering names and and then I get it broken down into these like seven keys with exercises and, and then it starts getting honed in and then I can't stop feeling it. Like it's just mm, now i got to get this out. So anyway. It, it's such like a, you know, as you were telling that story, like my, I was thinking about knowing me knowing what your fear is and how that could relate to site shift as an enterprise. Yeah. And and it's this fine line between being motivated by fear, but then the way it can be turned into the confidence in your mission and allow you to get to that, that flow state. Yep. Right. Cause what you were just talking about to me reminds me of like, where I want to get to is like at all the time in work is flow state where yeah. it's, but it's like you're, you're wrestling with your fear all the way up until you, you know, yeah, it, it just seems like it's, it's such an, a fine balance between like fear and confidence. Yeah. Well, and, and resistance for me, uh, so resistance to fear, like once it, or from resistance to flow, I'm looking for the trigger to move from resistance to flow and and a million things resist. And specifically Saturday, you know, I was, I was only, uh, you know, in this space that I was in working on this because typically I'd probably find time during the week, but because my daughter was at an event and, uh, with her food allergies, I had to go with food prep and stuff. And so blah, blah, blah point of that is, dude, I don't sleep well away from the house. And then there were these kids uh-huh. being really loud. I was up till like 6 a.m. I slept 6 to 10.30 a.m. I never do that. Like, I sleep solid 99% of all nights. I wake up feeling like crap, and I go for a run, try to reset my body clock, and uh, I miss doing what I need to do for breakfast for. <laughs> the point of me being there. And uh, yeah. I get her taken care of, and then it's like, um, okay, I've, I've got this time. I want to work on this thing. I want to. Um, but the resistance is there. I'm not optimized. I'm not, I'm sleep deprived. I'm going to get sick. You know, it's just, okay, I'm just going to start. I gotta, I gotta figure all this out. It's gotta be the most life changing thing every, no, I just got to start next vulnerable step, you know? And so for me, not trying to combat that resistance, but relax and then not trying to overreach. Like this has to be the most life changing thing ever, but just going, okay, how did this help me and how can I help others with it? That's yeah. the key piece there. Um, dude, this is fascinating. Yeah. You flipped it around and asked me, and, and you've gotten <laughs> some stuff out that I don't think I've articulated before, so thank you. So, well, oh. and, it, and it does, you know, like, uh, I can't remember what chapter. You'll have to refresh my memory. In the Stuck book, like, that's one of the, the you know, you talk about that in, what is it, summer. you got to relax into, um, into your, you know, confident state to yeah. be able to, to, to achieve the things you want to do, to be confident in yourself. But it's about that being able to relax, um, even though there might be stress, but it's, it's being able to relax. Yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah, great draw. That was exactly what that's doing in that moment. How can I, I've got spring like energy that I've put into this document. This document is 32 pages long. How can I take all this crazy mess, all these random thoughts that is not organized 
and put flow to it. And uh, so, 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 bringing all back that document, that thirty-two, that's your, that's your, that's your bucket. When you talked about the bucket earlier, that's it. Yeah, you that was put it, that was my bucket. So the next book, need a bucket. What's that? I need a bucket. I need yeah, buckets. Totally. That's why I made that point because that's the way that you you drop it in there. So like the next book, I already have a bucket for it. And then I was dropping ideas in it, and I was like, ooh, I start to see a chapter outline here. Ooh. So I outlined a little bit. And it doesn't mean it'll look anything like it will in the final thing, but now I have many buckets within the big bucket, M-I-N-I. Uh, and the so as I have a thought related to any of those chapters, it'll go specifically there. So by the time I go to do that, the problem is never content. It's It's actually reduction of content. Like every book... I have tons of stuff, and I, I try to write shorter books for strategic reasons, but every book I have has tons of content that doesn't get used. Um, when, when you first, on your first book, was it the same way? Yeah. Like, basic, the, basically the question I'm wondering is, you know, it, that seems daunting for someone who doesn't have that ability, like, ha, doesn't have that discipline yet to take their thoughts and write them down in a way that's immediately stored for future use. Yeah. So was that something like early on in Sightshift? Did Were you always that way? Was that is that natural to you or did you have to learn that behavior? Well, I think part of it is capturing it in a way that, you know, typically you're not going to have pen and paper around you. You're driving. Yeah. And so like I'm like serying myself all or the time. Or in the shower. Yeah, exactly. Oh, the number of times you'll see me cross my fingers – I will cross my finger. I don't. I've never shared this before, uh, dude. You're freaking Oprah and me up. Uh, I'm stunned by this, and it's fun and it's great. But so I, uh, I'll cross my fingers. I'll be in a conversation because I want to be present with what that person's saying, and I'm doing that so that I'll come back in the moment, like two minutes later, and go, "Oh, my fingers are crossed. Why? Oh, I want to remember that thought. Hey, That's awesome. just real quick while we're in transition, I need to capture this, and so I'll, I'll do it." Um, and That's awesome. it gets complicated when I cross both fingers because I can do that, yeah. you know, like the Vulcan symbol a little bit. And I'll cross yeah. them both. And I'm like, dang it, there was two thoughts. Start crossing your toes. <laughs> it gets complicated. So I can't believe I have never thought to ever share that. And so, yeah, that's that's actually that's a so trick funny. I use. I, cannot, yeah, I can't believe I never picked up on that in any of our conversations. That's hilarious. <laughs> it's, it's one of those things where, um, you know, I can't not capture it, you know, and so I've got to capture it. And so, yeah, even for the first book, it was just like, all this is captured here. And, um, that's great. Yeah. Dude. So flipping it back to you, you'd reference the stuck book. I'd love to hear, you've kind of referenced a little bit already, uh, some great takeaways, things you enjoyed. And, and I want to make it an honest interview. Was there any part you didn't like, or you pushed against or anything like that? Well, um, maybe there's one, I had one thought about the summer chapter, like, Maybe I missed it, but I feel like it, I feel like we talk a lot, you and I personally, not site shift community, but you and I talk a lot about flow state. The, the stuck book really didn't get into that, did it? Yeah, not super in-depth in the sense that it's just kind of teeing up that yeah. you're wanting to uh, pay attention to this as an orientation of your life, I feel like the mechanics of that would be more uh, chapter seven of figure that shift out, chapter six oh, and right. seven, because they're the internal external pieces of how to really program your physiology. Yeah. So when I was reading it, that's just my thought of like when I got to that chapter, it's like that's always in my head of when I think of the seasons, and this is also we can we can dive into the story of of maybe this. Maybe this misconsumption then is what has led me to to uh, go through the process in the wrong way. But you know, when I think of like, all right, I'm identifying where I'm at. Okay, I'm in winter. I want to like my goal is always in my head to get to fl- the summer from the standpoint of to get to flow state, to get to that spot where not everything is gravy, but I'm relaxed and I'm confident and I'm the output of my creativity is where I want it to be. So that's that's where, like, in my head, I thought I wanted to go with summer. Okay. Am I yeah. Taking it in the wrong direction. Great. I can't 
a man, you're making me feel something so strong right now. It's like, I wish everybody that ever reads the book could hear this. And this is why I like to ask, do you not like anything? And, yeah. um, you know, the goal isn't to get to summer. The goal is to be in the season that you're in, cooperate with it. Uh, right. you know, I'll use a cheesy term in culture, but I'll use it academically, uh, in a, in a coherent way that I mean Zen to, to have Zen, right? It's right. not to be rigidly uh, trying to get to a moment. It's to be in this moment. Now that that's, I, I, and the reason I can say it this way, the goal is to be in the season you're in. That's not just mindfulness. Mindfulness is great. And uh, I had an interview where we kind of went into some of this, and the guy on the interview was affirming uh, how great it is that people get there, and he was too agreeing it's not enough. So I want to be careful to say it takes a ton of work to be able to be present in the moment, to be where you are, and that is great. It's not enough if it doesn't translate to mindset, how your brain changes so then the actions start to change. And so for me, it's like it's not just mindfulness, be where you are. It's mindfulness plus mindset. Be in the season that you're in and cooperate with it to go to the next season. So even when you're in a flow state of summer, you want to lose yourself in that flow state, but you've got to know that you know whatever new solution you enacted from the spring that brought on that summer flow state will create new problems for the fall. That, right. I mean, it's like every solution that's brings actually, new problems. Yeah, that's very, uh, I, know, I didn't think about like you're creating new problems. Yeah. So, so this happens a lot with like leaders when they're like, I'm going to get up and I'm going to teach this and I'm going to solve this problem in my company. I'm like, that's awesome. Okay. That's great. It's going to create new problems. You're never done. It's always going to happen. So you get into a flow state and and then it's lost. Don't rigidly try to get it back to that. Engage the moment as it is be in the fall. The goal is to just cooperate with the season you're in. So man, we need to highlight that. So that, does that connect and make sense? Oh, it totally does. And and I mean, I think, um, like I said, I, I think that that misconception I have of, you know, and, and I do remember that in the book you're talking about, um, you can't skip through seasons, and, and you, you know, but that misconception of the of the goal being summer um, leads people to try and skip through winter or go right from fall to spring or fall to summer or, you know what I mean? Like, I, th- I think that that misconception is, um, at the root of the struggle that I had that we were talking about, which I think would, would be relevant to share if, if that's okay with you. Um, totally. Yeah, let's do it. So I last, uh, August, the, the business, the video business was, was booming, doing really good. Um, you know, sales were, uh, the best they've been in five years of running it. And, the work was pretty high level stuff, um, running big campaigns. It was really fun projects and it was a ton of work, a ton of work. And so I just, you know, any, you know, no one wants to talk about the hustle. Right. But so what I recognized in that moment was I was not inching towards my big M mission in life, even though I was doing some cool projects. Mm -hmm. So I thought, all right, let's, that's fall. I'm in fall. I need to fix this. And the mistake I made was I rapidly made some changes to my business. Um, and I didn't take the time to, uh, to grieve, to, to, to go through that process of winter of, of recognizing that, um, my video business just isn't about grinding, doing projects that I, that I wasn't being fulfilled maybe because I wasn't doing the right amount of energy in each project or whatever the reason is, I'm still now realizing I need to go back and think through that. Mm-hmm. I just went right to the moment where I was like, okay, something's broken. Here's a solution. Let me go after this solution. And it just set me back six months. Um, and now six months later, um, I am at that same spot I was back in August where I realized, okay, I'm, I need to, I need to adjust, but now I'm like kind of geared up and ready to, to take the time and to process it, to go through that winter phase of life. And so I can come out the other side and think about, okay, how can I elevate my video game? How can I elevate my education game to create more art in life? But 
six months ago, I was just like, I need to, I need to work less. How can I work less? Yeah, dude. And I mean, and that's the thing that, because what most people are going to do when they skip winter, here's how, here's a life isn't fair. Other people were born with the silver spoon. I wasn't. That person has connections. I don't. Yeah. Uh, all the comparisons. And like, I remember going into business full time for myself and just really feeling a little bit of that early on going, this isn't fair. This is just hard. Like nobody knows I'm here. And, you know, and, and I had another person say to me like, oh, I didn't get a lot of the advantages you did. I was like, this person thinks I have advantages, you know, uh, right. and I'm like, and so kind of like polar mindset thinking was, and I needed both of these thoughts. Life isn't fair. Nobody's going to show up to my door and give me a check for groceries. At the same time, I, there's, there's something I have that I'm taking for granted that other people would kill for. What is that? Okay. So how do I really dive in and make good? And I can trace a lot of growth early on back to a few key decisions that were just like really paying attention to it and trying to analyze it. And, and the depth of the problem is how deep the winter will be. And, you know, sometimes winters are deeper than others, but no doubt you've inspired people that are listening to this to go, Whoa, I don't need to give up. I need to reassess. And because of what we learn through the attempts, you know, what feels like a winding path will actually get to that result. And this is a little bit what we were talking about, how, you know, the, the path of success is this curvy line that goes all over the place. You know, the reality is you're turned back towards the goal and you're closer than you realize. Uh, it'll be harder than you realize, but you're closer than you realize. Both of those are true. And that, that like keeps me going. I mean, I don't need sight shift to be at a certain place so I can feel whole, but I do want to continue to grow it. Uh, it doesn't have to get there. For me to go, oh, I can be happy with myself. I'm already happy with myself. Well, because of that, it's an overflow of desire. I want to take it there. What are the places that are right. working? Awesome. What are the places that aren't? I can think of one part of the business that just has been so slow. And I've tried three or four different approaches and they haven't worked. So I'm like, all right, I got to do this. I got to do my own thing here. The winner. I got to go in on it. Dive deep. Pick it apart. I was in the sauna with a relational struggle I was having like six or seven weeks ago. And I was like, I just feel so stuck in this relationship. And, and you know what it's like you, when you make something and, and I was like, Oh, I wrote a book on that. I should revisit it. <laughs> you know what I'm yeah. like? Oh, I, this is Chris. Yeah. You, you're trying to fix it before you understand it, which is That's why right. I never should do handyman work. Cause I just skip over understanding it. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to fix it right away. Um, okay. Dude, that was so helpful. I'm so glad you shared that. And and I think all of us yeah. listening wish you the best. And it's like, hopefully somebody's listening that's like, I got to talk to this guy. You never know. The world's a wild place. Can I yeah. ask you a couple questions, put you on the hot seat? Absolutely. Yeah. Dope. So sure. I like to do this to kind of like add some more 3D color to who you are, let people get to know you. Uh, so you get an unexpected, like free day, free afternoon. Nobody to judge you. Everything's taken care of. What would you go do? Um, I would take my daughter and go on a hike and bring my camera. Um, if we're restricted to Ohio, it would be way less fun. If it, this imaginary state would take place uh, somewhere in the West. Maybe even Idaho. Maybe Idaho. Dude, I... I not anymore. No. Probably the most random social media joke I've ever played on anybody is to my friend Kevin here, and you guys have to hear this because I think it's hilarious. I'm proud of this anyway. One At one point, he made a comment about like no mountains being in Idaho. And uh, so I, I literally followed multiple Idaho accounts on Instagram. And when they posted pictures like visit Idaho or whatever about mountains and stuff, I would just tag him at the weirdest, most random times. I probably tagged you like 15, 20 times or more. Um, go and ahead. the payoff of that joke is it, it has inspired me. It inspired me to apply for a position in Idaho, which I did not get at a university in Idaho. But uh, I, I kind of fell in love with the city after that. Yeah, you never know. Maybe yeah. visit Idaho is listening to this podcast. They're like, we got to yeah. reach out to Kevin. We got to say thanks to Chris. Um, yeah. and a part of that was just cause on my bucket list is to whitewater raft, a, a, a place up there, but okay. That sounds awesome. Nice. That sounds inspiring with your daughter. I love it. What's something that you're into 
A lot of people around you wouldn't be. You totally dig it. You could geek out on it for hours. You, of course, you know me with like zero drop shoes. What would be your freak flag? Oh man, that's uh, that's tough. I, I put so much identity in my work. Um, chess. Uh, a lot of people start to know that about me now because now I'm I'm involved in a nonprofit that um, teaches chess. But even before I was involved in the nonprofit, like I'll I'll play chess on my phone. Uh, I'll read books about chess. Um, I'm not great. I'm solidly mediocre at it, but uh, but I I enjoy it. I I like to play at least uh, two games in the morning on my phone. Um, before I get my day started, uh, if I lose one of them, I'll try and go three games. I try, um, try and do like a best two out of three, but I think it helps me to get my, my brain going in the morning. Um, I really do think it helps with, um, strategic thinking. So I love the game. Um, and I play it as much as I have time to play it. Dude. Okay. So if, can I connect a dot that I see that you're seeing, I'm sure, but just in case you're not, remember (laughs) the number one thing you're wanting to grow in is strategy. And you're really wanting to get, you're diving into chess. Like that's fascinating. Yeah, it's a, um, yeah. I did not, I did not connect that dot. No, but yeah. I mean, that's um, like that's a great. Uh, that means even your creative exploration is connected to the thing that you want to grow in yourself. You want to develop the skill. Uh, coach somebody so, recently so, who's a chess beast. They don't need okay. to grow that because they need to do other things. Right? right. They can still enjoy it. So anyway, go ahead. I was going to say, um, this might be telling and for, for the, the one other listener who's into chess, but, uh, it, it's probably a bad sign that I'm experimenting every day I play chess. I experiment with this strategy, this opening strategy where you purposely lose a piece early in the match to set yourself up for a longer term, uh, stronger position. It's called the queen's gambit, Yeah. but it, it, it's interesting that I'm like, limiting myself early in the match to see if I can overcome it later. Okay, dude, if you're liking this and you're wanting to grow in this, one of my favorite books ever is the art of learning by Josh Waitzkin. He's the one they made the Bobby Fisher movie about. You got to oh. check it out. Awesome. It's uh, it's going to be a geek fest for you. That's going to spill over into other parts of your life. And you're also going to go, Oh, I see how Chris even shaped sight shift a little bit around some pieces of the just, learning. Yeah. The art of learning. So good. Um, I'm going to put that in one of my buckets. I'm going to write it down on a post-it note and put it in my bucket. Booyah, dude. I have outed myself on the fingers cross thing. You have done a successful job running this interview, uh, out of all of the, all of them are unique in their own ways. And I think the unique part of this is the empathy of your story, the way that you are connecting dots and people can feel validated in their own struggles, but also the way you flipped the tables interviewed me. That was fun. Uh, anything else you'd want to say to folks? Uh, not particularly up the top of my head, but if anyone had any, I, I feel like I didn't get into any specificity very much, uh, on the podcast, not for any particular reason. I, I tried to, but I just ramble. But if anyone had any specific questions, reach out to Chris, get a hold of me. I would answer any questions about my journey with as much specificity as people want. Rock on. Where can folks engage you? What would you point them to? Um, let's see. The easiest way would be my website. Uh, there they can find all the social uh, channels, and uh, that would be letsgofwd.com, letsgoforward.com. All right, so there you go. Check it out. Uh, Kevin, thanks so much for being here, and no doubt people listening, um, you've helped them realize their own need for let's go back at it, let's get strategic, um, maybe even learn how to play some chess. Thanks, everybody, for being here. Uh, have a, a great one. Peace out.